Ni hao, Caleb. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing? Doing well. What are you drinking? I got a little Fraser Crane right there. I apologize for that. That's okay. Um, since we are going to be talking about some old-fashioned technology, I am uh, drinking an old-fashioned cocktail tonight. Um, literally an old-fashioned. Um, but I, I did mix it up a little bit, and it is mm-hmm. a rum old-fashioned with mm. uh, with some delicious Clement rum from uh, Martinique. Is it dark rum? It is uh, dark. It's an agricole rum, which means mm. it, it has a little more terroir with it, a little more uh, grassy flavor to it. It's not quite like a sweet rum that you'd expect. It's really quite delicious, and I encourage all of our listeners to try it. If you have the means, I do encourage it. All right, Cameron. <laughs> what are you drinking? Uh, I am having a Yamazaki single malt Japanese whiskey aged 12 years. Very nice. And I'm having it straight. No ice, no rocks. Wow, that's almost indistinguishable from being unprepared. I will not comment on that. Excellent. So today uh, we have some really great big topic. Um, We delayed last week's episode in waiting for this news, and we expected the news would have dropped last week. Uh, But Elon Musk was quite busy the past week or so, and uh, so it came out today as we record. It was also a holiday, too, so we get credit for that. Yeah, and it was a holiday. So. Maybe credit's not the right word, but uh, it's a plausible excuse. Yeah, it's an excuse, a dog ate my homework kind of excuse. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so um, this morning, Elon Musk uh, had a press conference um, at around 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific with journalists. Which we still were not invited to. We did ask. Uh, so I, we did send in a note to their PR team, but we did not hear back in time. So this was to announce what we now know was the upgrade for autopilot with version 8.0 of the software that will be pushed out to the Model S's and X's. And uh, this had been teased previously in multiple ways. Uh, first off, many weeks ago in July, Elon was talking about how uh, they were they were doing some exciting new things with radar and creating a point cloud similar to LIDAR, and there was a flurry of questions and technical questions about what they were doing with radar. After the uh, the crash in Florida, the uh, fatality in Florida. So this, this is related to the sensors that are the inputs to the autopilot system. In addition to the camera and the sonar, there's also this radar technology they have. Yep, exactly. So there's a, a single radar provided by Bosch in the, um, in the front bumper, and that uh, has previously been used for a, a sort of a, a, a supplemental sensor uh, to help with the uh, visual camera system. And it sounded like one of the big challenges with the crash in Florida was actually that there was an overhead road sign and... Um, it basically showed up as an obstruction to the radar. And so the radar couldn't stop the car and the camera couldn't see the white side of the truck. And so what we have today is an announcement that there's going to be a major upgrade to autopilot, which actually is going to move and elevate the radar from a supplemental sensing component to a primary sensing component, which essentially means that the radar is going to be much more active in making decisions. And the big challenge in doing this Uh, why didn't they do this before was essentially that uh, the radar would have a lot of false positives, similar to what was a challenge in Florida, where road signs or even a soda can, uh, he mentioned on the conference call, that even a soda can 
uh, on the road may cause the radar to uh, freak out and believe it's a very, very large object due to the way that radar works. It can sort of have a lot more spurious um, false positives. And so they weren't sure how to solve this. And so there were a couple big things that happened to solve it, which we'll go into. But the main headline here is that autopilot is going to improve its capabilities because radar now is going to be much more utilized in, in the decision-making process. And this is utilizing the, the radar that's already in the existing vehicles that are out there, not a new version of the technology that uh, will be coming in the future. It's, it's a software feature. Yeah, exactly. So that's the other great thing is that this is going to be available for all the autopilot cars since 2014 that have shipped. Um, will the same exact radar that's been in that vehicle and been running autopilot for the past year is now going to be much more capable purely because of software uh, and because of an over there update that it will be free. Um, so yeah, I think that just like the underlying component of things we've talked about in the past of the over-the-air update and software um, using the exact same hardware, you know, that's not super common in technology that the same hardware gets better and better over time. Um, but this, in this case, it's, it, it is, and it's really exciting. There's a lot of cool details here, a lot of really great um, features that are actually going to be noticeable to people and also big improvements to the safety because radar has some really great uh, benefits that the camera does not have. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's really interesting that it's it's not so much a incremental improvement that you might expect that it's kind of a, a leap for the uh, for the existing hardware that's there. Yeah, so to talk about some of the big um, big overview things, it's going to happen. The primary improvement is going to be that Tesla should um, have much better capability of not hitting objects. Um, they will now engage braking. Um, much more readily based on uh, seeing large metallic objects, most likely cars, in their uh, view. And regardless of it being raining or snowing or uh, hazy or dusty, uh, the radar will be able to sense those. And um, what's really cool is that the way they're getting around the soda can problem of something, <laughs> a little piece of metal being in the road. Yeah, can you explain the, the soda can problem? Yeah, so essentially radar uh, works by uh, sending out a radio wave and uh, radio waves move at the speed of light. And so they're moving out and it waits for an echo to come back. And so the radio wave will bounce off of certain objects. And so it'll bounce off of the metal object and come back. In the event that it hits a, a convex object, if you think of the bottom of a soda can, that's convex. So if that's looking, if that's that convex object is pointing towards the vehicle, it will actually amplify the signal and sort of uh, channel that signal, and it will look like a really large object. So it would sort of freak out the system and think that there's something really big. And you don't want the car to, to break in that instance because it's just a soda can. And so previously, they didn't have a way to deal with this. What they've now been able to do is um, work with Bosch, the provider of the radar sensor itself, to uh, get new firmware that allows Tesla to basically sample uh, the radar much more frequently and also get the raw data available to them instead of the signal processor inside of the Bosch radar device telling you if there's something there or not. So they're getting sort of more raw access, which then allows them to essentially they're, they're uh, scanning every tenth of a second. So 10 times per second, they're getting a, a, a signal out and back. 
and that's allowing them to basically create uh, a model of what is in front of it um, sort of like the matrixy kind of 3d-ish view you <laughs> could sort of imagine that sort of and that's allowing them to uh, better sense what's out there and also then the really cool part that's unique to Tesla is even if you can do that, you still are confused by the soda can on the road. So what Tesla's doing is using the fleet learning and the fact that they have uh, hundreds of thousands of these vehicles out there, even if they're not running autopilot, they still may have the sensors and are still learning that they're going to see, oh, there's this weird soda can, there's this weird thing, but oh, the, the driver didn't brake, so it must be okay. And then if other drivers have that same exact uh, uh, challenge in that same exact spot because they're going to use a GPS to basically tag it, geocode it, and then upload that back up to Tesla. So if you drive by a road sign and you don't brake uh, in, a, in a very hard way where the software might think it should, it's going to train the system that that's a safe object. And then that will uh, be downloaded to your car in the future. So when you're driving, as the system gets more confidence of what is a uh, sort of okay metallic object on the roadways, then it will have a lot of confidence when it sees something that's unusual for a roadway that it knows it has other known uh, sort of acceptable objects, it will be able to uh, break and stop. And the example it gave in, in the blog post was that if a UFO dropped down, as long as it was relatively large and relatively metallic dense, uh, it would be able to stop. And that's in contrast to the sensing abilities of the camera, where the camera usually needs to identify an object and classify it before it would break. So the radar will, you know, if it's a big tangle of, of cars, all an example he gave was a, a big car pileup, that, that object isn't recognizable by cameras today, but it, the uh, radar will know that that's a really big metal object and that it shouldn't be there in the roadway and that it should break and it will break. Yeah, it's... Uh I thought it was interesting um, in, in the the specific examples they gave were all very location-based that uh, the fleet would learn that at this particular set of coordinates, there was a sign or a piece of metal or something. Um, but it was a little less specific about how generic it would be. Because I feel like to me, it, it seems very brittle to, to learn. I mean, it's good to, to have the fleet learn that there is a billboard at this location because that's probably not going to change on any frequent basis but something like a soda can is, is something where as soon as that tesla drives over it it's going to be in a different location so i feel like there's a generic learning that you want to take place which I, i'm sure they're probably doing but i didn't hear much talk about that about how the tesla might learn that this rate or the fleet might learn that this type of signal bouncing back means soda can in any location yeah, I think that that piece wasn't fully clear and we're still waiting to get all of the Q&A um, back. Uh, Electric is actually doing a, um, one of the Tesla sites is doing a transcription of the entire call. And right now it's just the, the remarks that Elon made. Um, so I think perhaps next week we'll have more info on that. Um, but essentially their claim and what they've been experiencing in testing the software is that they're claiming a 50% improvement in safety for autopilot and a 3x improvement for safety over other vehicles uh, because of these improvements. So uh, they believe it will be dramatically safer. Do they give any indication of what a 3x improvement in safety means? No. 
<laughs> that was the headline in a lot of stories and was sort of uh, what they're claiming uh, the safety record will be. And I, I think it's going to be based on fatalities um, per mile, um, which is the one they keep touting. And and I think the, the other sort of really interesting thing about this is that they also talked about how it was very difficult to accomplish this, that the software to do it was very difficult to do. And that also to even fit it. This is the radar scanning? Yeah, that even to fit it on the existing, uh, the, the computational power, and even somehow the size of it, I think, is very large. And they said was very difficult and called out that it was going to be hard to even, that it was difficult to make it fit um, in the existing hardware and, and software and computer suite on the vehicles. So um, they were basically saying that they think they're starting to reach the limits of what the autopilot will be able to do in the current hardware. Um, so they didn't fully tip off that there's new hardware coming, um, but the general expectation is that there is a new Autopilot 2 sensor suite. They would have a lot more radar and uh, triplicate camera. So this may sort of be the prelude to that, where it's sort of, let's talk about the new software that we can we can make work on the existing vehicles and is now the foundation for the new sensor suite that will probably have a lot more radar all around the vehicle to be able to sense sideways and, and in the rear, where today the radar is only in the front. Right. I, I feel like it would be helpful if they could do some sort of, uh, I think the usual, the, the pop news uh, a metric is whatever the current iPhone is, like, hey, we landed a man on the moon with the power of one one hundredth of an iPhone or something, or probably a lot less than that. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear because, I mean, given the constraints of a automotive environment, uh, the, the they don't have the probably the same computational power and availability that you would have on an iPhone because it's 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 in a hardened environment where it has like temperature extremes and uh, all sorts of other uh, constraints that an iPhone might not have. Uh, but it would it would be kind of interesting to hear what the sort of uh, comparison would be. Yeah, I think it's running an older version of uh, one of the NVIDIA chips. Um, but, you know, this this software or sorry, the hardware in the Model S and X was put in there in 2012. And we don't have any indication that that's been updated um, since most of the time the hardware is sort of locked and uh, changing out the entire system would be quite a big effort. So. The current expectation is that it's at least four years old, pushing five years old. So uh, what we did see in the Model 3 and potentially in the new hardware suite for updated S and X would have certainly a lot more computational power, especially if they're going to have a lot more sensors. So I would expect that the they will be touting uh, how big of an improvement it is once it's actually uh, shipping. Uh, but at this point, they, they don't really want to talk about uh, how slow the existing computers are, except for that it, it was a challenge. And I think they're saying that to, to remind people that it's unusual for a hardware product to get better uh, after it's shipped. So I think they, they really want people to, to realize that they're doing this to improve the experience for everyone and that everyone who is using autopilot today and even just driving an autopilot capable vehicle is helping uh, make everything better. And, and some of the other improvements that they talked about, which were really great, were around simple things like um, the when you're passing with autopilot and another car in another lane is a little closer over the lane. Previously, the Tesla might actually clip that car uh, and sort of sideswipe it because it would try and stay centered in the lane. Now it will be more aware and actually nudge itself over the lane. And then another really cool one they talked about was that you can now exit um, off ramps 
by using the turn signal, where previously, if you were trying to exit, it would disable uh, the autopilot features. And in 8.1, which they teased, so the whole post was about 8.0, and now they're teasing 8.1, uh, you'd in the US, you'd actually be able to, if you have navigation on, it will take the exit your, by itself, which I thought was pretty remarkable because that's sort of the first indication of the navigation system actually influencing the driving of the vehicle. Uh, right, you're almost getting up to the next level of auto driving, right, at that point? Yeah, exactly. I think that that might just, I, my hunch is that 8.1 will be with Autopilot 2 because that feature might be able to be backwards compatible. But if they have some sort of driving by the nav, like why wouldn't it do more? Uh, yeah. So I would expect that that might just been... Uh, that, that's my bet. So we'll see what happens. I didn't see too many people talk about that today, but the majority of the focus was definitely on safety. Um, and, and again, sort of pushing this idea that we would want to, we as Tesla would have wanted to uh, release these features as soon as humanly possible. You know, we've been working on uh, this for over two years now, and this is when the radar capabilities were possible. We've been working really hard on it, and so we're releasing it now. Um, but you know, we we are. It's always difficult when there's an accident or, or fatality, but we're always trying to release the safest, most amazing thing we can. And it just wasn't ready and wasn't in development. And so, you know, we're not going to wait until we have perfect level five autonomy. We're going to continue to uh, release these features as they're ready. And if they're even a, a percentage safer than they were before, that will save lives. And we're going to do it. And I think uh, Elon definitely reiterated that since a lot of people uh, on the outside media and watchdog groups have been um, sort of critical of Tesla for their um, potentially being cavalier in, in releasing these features when they clearly are not perfectly safe. And Elon really wanted to push back and say, no system is perfectly safe. It's all about probabilities. And we look at the data and we believe this is safer. Right. And humans are incredibly unsafe. Yeah, I mean, he he even in the in the talk um, with the press was mentioned. You know, there there are people who die from getting tangled up in their bed sheets each year, and there are people who die from vending machines falling on them. And there aren't people calling for removing bed sheets or vending machines from from society. And even though you know those are tragic, it's there's always going to be some number of people who die for unusual reasons or unforeseen reasons and in automotives we just have to continue to make things safer and safer and we will look at the data to make sure we're doing that but he said like the world is a very big place and there'll never be zero injuries and there'll never be zero fatalities so it's all about how much safer are we make it on on a on a relative basis versus an absolute basis did he actually use those those analogies he did. Oh, that's, I don't, I, I kind of find that to be a little bit horrible because the, I mean, the, the, the Tesla autopilot is not um, like a vending machine falling over on people. It's not some sort of abstract lightning strike that can happen, like getting in an auto accident. There are tens of thousands of people that die every year in the US and, and millions worldwide through, through auto accidents. It feels like he's sort of trivializing it a little bit by by chalking it up in the same thing as like a vending machine falling over on you that that um i think the context the context there he was giving was that basically he wished they could have done this earlier this new improvement uh that 
these things don't come fully formed in some ideal solution. It's impossible to do that for anything. It's important to note that some number of people die every year by getting twisted up in a bed sheet. Some people <laughs> die by vending machines falling on them. Those are unusual situations that people die, but I don't think anyone is saying that there should be no bed sheet or no vending machines. It's just that you have these rare events occasionally tragic, but if they were to eliminate all of them, we would essentially be limited to sitting at home on a pillow as the only thing we're allowed to do. That doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> so I, I think he was just trying to make the point again that if there is a the single fatality we've seen with autopilot should not be a call to eliminate autopilot that i think was his point yeah i get it it just sounds a little more frivolous than the hey in that same day that that one man died on the autopilot accident 58 other men died in the u.s um in car accidents yeah, I think they have a really hard time proving the counterfactual of how many people are saved. Um, and only they have the data on when they think the car would have done that. And I think they could do a much better job of uh, talking about, I don't know, how many people they believe have been saved from, from serious accidents because of autopilot. Yeah, I don't, I don't envy that, that task, at least in the U.S., because auto ownership and, and car driving is so ingrained in the culture here that... It, 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 I don't think people even consider it. Like, I think people, the, the you know, 30,000 people a year that are dying is essentially like zero. And, you know, you're, 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 you're arguing against zero at that point. Mm -hmm. One of the other um, cool things he talked about that I thought was really kind of mind bending was that he, he was saying, you know, we took, we took the radar detection to a whole nother level because we can actually not only detect the car in front of you, so if you're behind a car, but we can actually detect the car in front of it, so two <laughs> cars ahead of you. And no, the radar doesn't go through the vehicle. It actually bounces underneath and around it. And based on the unique signature of each pulse they send out and the echo back, they can actually tell the car in front of you. And the example he gave on the call was that Oftentimes, you'll be tracking behind a car, so if you have autopilot on, and that car notices the car in front of them is stopped, and so it swerves out of the way, and now you are left with noticing a car right in front of you now fully stopped and not enough time to, to brake. Right. This is how pileups happen. Exactly. So with, with the new uh, software, it will actually be able to detect that the car in front has already slowed or stopped and will slow you down even though the car right in front of you hasn't changed speed. And I thought that was really, really uh, impressive because so much of what the current uh, tr you know, traffic aware, cruise control and st auto steering, it really does sort of feel like it's just looking very short in front and sort of looking, you know, imagining like walking on the sidewalk, looking down. You might make sure you don't run into something, uh, you know, directly but you don't really know what's happening around you. And this idea that it's starting to understand a broader context of, of traffic is really, really great. And one of the other big benefits of this, just from a comfort point of view, was them saying that now the acceleration and, and, and sort of uh, behavior and stop and go traffic will be way better because it can see the second car ahead. So it can know when it's about to start to pick up and start to move um, to help make sure that there's not a huge gap and also when it's slowing down so it won't be as jerky if the car in front of you wasn't paying attention you don't have to have a crappy experience yeah this this resonated a lot with me because whenever i'm driving and, and i don't admittedly i don't drive all that often but when i am forced to be out on the road especially on 101 here in uh northern california i find that i get really anxious when i can't see the car in front of the car in front of me 
So mm-hmm. usually I will try and stay in front of a small sedan or something without tinted windows. And as soon as a car pulls in front of me that is large or has tinted windows and I can't see around it, I get anxious and I, I need to get out of that lane and get into a lane where I can see not only the car in front of me, but either through or around it to the car in front of that. Uh, because I, I need to know that there is, I can see the brake lights of the car in front of the car in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how I try and drive smoothly on the highway when it is sort of slowing down is not just following the car right in front of me, but seeing, okay, is the other car in front of me braking or is it just this car being a little bit um, aggressive with their braking pattern? Yeah, because when the car in front of me hits the brakes, it's too late for me. Yeah, and and even just in regular driving, even if it's not a, a potential emergent scenario, it's just like you should not always hit the brakes when the car in front of you hits the brakes. Right. And so knowing that they're just being a little bit uncomfortable or something um, is valuable. And then I think the other really, um, really cool one they were talking about um, was sort of making sure that the the car can now take turns a lot better um, when it's uh, in auto steer. So they're using the fleet learning there as well to understand what the G's are in the turn and, and how quickly people can take the turn normally uh, to make sure that it slows down. Because one of the big complaints about uh, the autopilot as it exists is that it doesn't take turns very well um, because it, it sort of keep, tries to keep a more constant speed and that doesn't work well in turns, uh, especially intense turns. So it should be better at that, which is now preparing it more for uh, you know, more complete driving capabilities of taking on ramps and off ramps. So is it not catching the, cause usually the on ramps and off ramps usually have uh, lower speed limits posted when they, when they hit that. So is it that the speed limit hasn't been officially lowered in a turn that it's going into, or is it just not catching that? I think in some, some cases it, uh, it hasn't noticed it. And then also that, um, you sh- this even even then taking a turn flat at, at a constant speed might be accelerating in weird times like you sort you really shouldn't be accelerating into the turn be, but accelerate out of the turn and it doesn't seem like teslas were really doing that since they didn't know where they were in the turn um they just sort of knew they were turning um so anyways there should be better uh, better uh comfort um through those and then the other the other really big thing is that the car now will actually, in an emergency situation, if you have autopilot on, it will brake a lot faster, uh, more intensely, even if you are braking. So it will, it will uh, superhuman your braking um, <laughs> to make sure that it actually tries to stop. And that also, if you aren't, if you're fully autopilot and not even braking, it will actually swerve out of the way now if it believes that's the correct path to take um, to to avoid an accident so it will move and break for you where previously it would just break um i'm kind of fascinated by the the override technologies and and it's not just tesla in this case there are other car companies that that advertise these uh control override features as safety features and i think it's interesting because at at a certain point you're elevating your uh autonomy level um, where you're saying the car is taking over for you and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the car doesn't know better. I, I think it's a little bit, I think there's a little bit of a weirdness where you say that we can't have fully autonomous cars because they're not aware enough, but there are some times when we're going to just completely cut out the human because we're certain that the car knows better than the human. I feel like that that's a weird leap that we're making right there. 
Yeah, I think there's clearly lots of evidence that uh, humans perform very badly in these stressful uh, situations and that reaction times become a really, really important factor into what speed you are going into an accident or if you know where to swerve, right? Like if a car slams on the brakes right in front of you, if you haven't been monitoring your right and left lane, assuming you're in the middle lane on a highway, you may not know which way to swerve. And even if you did intellectually know, you might not uh, behave correctly. But a computer is not stressed out in that situation at all and would move over. So I think that what's interesting is that it seems as if the majority of the challenges with the auto uh, self-driving situations are actually where a lot of humans are actually really good at of dealing with uh dealing with very complex situations in a uh, city environment where you just need to be able to sense a lot more um, and also the navigational components. But for a isolated uh, traffic incident of a crash, you know, the available pathways are, are quite small and, and you don't really need to behave. Um, uh, you don't, you don't follow the law so much. You don't need to worry about what lane you're in or anything. You just sort of try and avoid hitting something and try and get to zero, uh, zero miles per hour without hitting something. So, yeah, but you're, you're trusting the machine to know that is, that's the current situation. And it's not just that you're pulling up at a drive through or something. Yeah. I mean, and that's what these false positives, that's the really, um, th- that's the situation that they're very cognizant of and trying to make sure is not uh, problematic. And the one I was really curious about with this, and I'm, I'm sure people will test is, will it let you creep into a barrier? Um, so if you're parking, will this now stop you from, from running into a wall if you're parking? Um, or will it only work after you've been going at a certain speed? Like, I, I'm really curious. Oh, will it save you from actually clipping off your uh, side view mirror on a pole or something that would be a wonderful feature given how many damaged side view mirrors i see around yeah or like accidentally trying to bat like you know in a garage and you think you're in park or you're in drive but you're actually in reverse and you back into the door like would it do would it be able to stop things like that and super slow where it basically you know acts as like a rubber band where it won't let you hit a wall Um, yeah i find find that fascinating though because it's almost like you're saying the computer is not smart enough to drive on its own but it's actually smarter than you so we're going to stop you from doing things that are stupid so either it's like smarter than the human or it's not smarter than the human and it feels like in the current situation we're arguing it both ways i think yeah i get i mean i would i would say that it seems as if the argument is that in certain situations the computer is better and in certain situations it it is totally failing and we are in this in-between spot and i mean wouldn't a great example of that be traction control and ABS where yes, you used to have to learn how to pump the brakes uh, and now the computer does it. And it's not, it's, I mean that it's, it's not a very intelligent thing, but it's, it's terrifying when it kicks in. Yeah. But it's a very good thing that happens and you don't have to worry about it. And I think that's sort of the goal with a lot of these emergency situations is like, if you're trying to slam on the brake and you don't actually fully slam on the brake, we're going to do it because we sense you're trying to. And I guess in those situations, the the mode is that it's coming to a full stop regardless is gonna be better than you not. And and that's the, that's the challenge is, right? You don't wanna stop in the middle of a highway accidentally and have the computer do it accidentally so one of the scenarios they talked about was animals and you know there being animals on the highway and and one of the challenges with radar is that it doesn't it it is um at the 
frequency and wavelength that they um, the Teslas operate, which is 76 gigahertz, um, it actually it goes through water. So if there's like a pedestrian, it's not really able to sense that very well, but very large objects, um, even if they're fleshy, it can detect. And I know you noticed one that you thought was sort of interesting. I, I just thought the whole moose uh, deer discussion was, was really fascinating that the, cause I mean, I think they were saying that a, a human would appear sort of translucent to the radar cause yeah. it's like partially passing through and it's being somewhat obscured. Uh, but a, a smaller creature like a deer uh, might not be picked up, but a larger creature like a moose uh, would be picked up uh, because mooses are, are huge. And if, well, I mean, if a moose jumps out in front of your car, you're kind of screwed at that point. Um, not now, not with version 8.0. Well, what would it do though? It would swerve out of the way and break. Okay. And it would be able to sense it coming from further. I don't know. Moose are pretty... Uh, pretty big and dangerous you know a moose once bit my sister the oh my the uh (laughs) sorry the other important piece here is that um it helps for seeing through fog um and also obviously darkness so um, i thought that was an interesting thing with the lidar versus radar and the yeah weather so because lidar um is in the visible spectrum uh it it doesn't uh it doesn't do well through light or sorry through um through water it will refract and, and get lost um, where radar is uh, at the frequency they're um, using um, isn't fully messed up by water it, it's close but it's not fully messed up so it, it can range about 200 meters or so at that frequency um, really low frequency radar that they use for like um, uh, ships and for um, airplanes and things can see like 400 kilometers um and is at like the seven 400 kilometers isn't the earth starting to curve at that point yeah it does have issues with the earth's curvature um it's only one one or two gigahertz um is for like long range air surveillance uh and then eight to 12 gigahertz is for uh, a lot of military um inside of planes uh, radar for military like airborne radars and fighter jets and things like that so this is in the 76 gigahertz range all of this talk of radar really makes me think of military you mentioned military like all of this stuff makes me think of like how much of this technology is being refined because of all of the use of of radar in military applications over the years and and does that introduce some sort of I don't know, Mad Max scenario of having stealth technology built into your car so you can confuse uh, autopilot vehicles or or I'm probably jumping too far ahead into some sort of dystopian future here. Yeah, well, some of the other uses for this, so this is like called millimeter wave um, radar. uh, And what's interesting, so once you get above one, um, between 10 millimeter and one millimeter for the wavelength, it becomes classified as millimeter wave. So those things you have to go through in the airport um, for scanning are milli- used millimeter wave, um, so re- really um, high frequency. Um, even Wi-Fi is like fifty-four gigahertz. Um, so it's wait, that's it's, not correct, isn't it? No, it's like two point four gigahertz or five point five point four. Oh, you're 5. right. You're right. All right, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> so we're in order of magnitude. Off, so yeah, yeah. So it's so yeah. So that's crazy, right? Like it's so much higher frequency. Uh, it's, yeah, I think like a microwave oven is like two point is around two point four, two point five gigahertz. Yeah. So it's really, really high frequency, and um, it's it's really kind of it. 
I was thinking that the radar was a lot slower, like slower and larger waves, but it's actually extremely uh, tight and and very high frequency. So um, it, it the, the automotive ones have been around since the late 90s and have continued to be improved and improved. Um, so they'll they're dropping in cost pretty dramatically. And will Elon even said on the call that. They feel quite confident that rad- radar will be the uh, an increasing part of the Tesla sensor suite, and they, they still have zero plans to use lidar um, because of its deficiencies with um, with environmental factors like rain and snow and dust. Yeah, they didn't mention cost at all, though, right? Because I, I feel like lidar is something that's very expensive right now, but it seems like the trend lines are going down. Like I think I remember reading something in IEEE uh, about. Uh, like potential like $10 LIDAR on the horizon at some point, uh, at least not like completely fantastic. Um, yeah. That it's plausible at least. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder if they'll start to fold it in at that point. I, I guess that you really want like a, an entire suite of, of sensors. Yeah, he, he didn't bring up price. Um, and I think that potentially when there's solid state LIDAR, um, it could be beneficial to have another sensor. Um, a different sensing technology. I, I can't see how um, that would physically be worse. Um, if you know all things being equal, it was relatively inexpensive as a as another sensor because it does have some advantages. Um, but it sounds like they're pushing forward on radar and, and trying to make radar work. And to my knowledge, no one else has done this much software with radar um, because they haven't um, been pushing it or expecting it to be the sensor of record um, because no one else has been pushing it as hard on production vehicles and dealing with the constraints that exist. So this may be um, a pretty big breakthrough in the terms of what radar could do for autonomous vehicles because, you know, even a year ago when Autopilot was first released, 7.0 was released in October of last year, um, radar was not nearly as important as, as it now is. And so um, this software update will be going out in the next week or two uh, to all the vehicles. It's currently been in testing with around a thousand early uh, beta testers. So that group has expanded quite dramatically um, over the past year or so as Tesla has done more and more updates. Um, he said they've done uh, three early access releases of this version already, and they think they'll do one more uh, private release before they release it to all the customers. But it will just be a software update and all the cars will have it. Um, so potentially the next time we record or most likely two episodes from now, um, it will be out there. And so we'll have more information to share. And the other really interesting thing is that 8.0 has been rumored to have a lot of other updates in the software, not just autopilot, but uh, visual refreshes, uh, potentially Spotify being included. So I think there'll also be a lot more to break down when 8.0 actually releases, and there'll probably be more information released beyond just the autopilot info. So um, do you know what the difference is between the uh, radar and the sonar? Because like, the sonar sensors are the ones on, on, I think, all the corners of the vehicle. Is it, is it just a different frequency that they operate on? Uh, well, sonar is, is going to be doing sound, so it's not, um, it's not microwaves. Okay. So it's a very, it's a much it's, lower it's, frequency wave yeah, that's sound going waves, out. Sonic. Yeah. Ultrasonics. Okay. okay. And that's a, a lower, um, is it, is it, um, for like nearer? Yeah. It's very near like a foot or something. Oh, okay. That close. Yeah. It's really, really close. Um, 
so yeah the uh, the radar sorry the yeah the radar can see around 150 to 160 meters out oh wow so they've got okay so we've got the radar is the long range sensor i guess the yes. camera the visual camera is is sort of a long to medium range and yeah, then the sonar like is for a shorter range mm-hmm. okay so if they put radars around all four corners of the vehicle and the sides uh, that will give them a very great bubble uh around the car and then the expectation is that there'll be a trifocal three cameras in the front uh, with different um mm, sort of uh, widths of view depths mm-hmm. of view so they can uh, see more angularly across um, and then also have a really longer range one to range further down um, sort of telephoto lens that's further down so what is the what is the current radar setup uh how many radar sensors there's are? just one just one looking just forward one. looking forward yeah okay interesting so there's a lot of uh you know a lot of improvement capabilities by putting more radar and the camera so that that's sort of what the expectation is is that um that'll be the new sensor suite and the expectation that i have as well is that that would be uh, an improved sensor suite that would also be in the model three um and if you did that it would be feasible to have more fully self-driving capabilities um where right now they're sort of tapping out the current hardware and so did you notice that the uh, one of the other safety mechanisms they added is that they're going to fully disable autopilot if the driver is continually ignoring the warning signs yes and that elon was talking about how what was it that the it's actually the expert users that are the most uh sort of cavalier of the autopilot users yeah absolutely i mean that was that is definitely one that i think is going to help um quash some of the concerns that tesla lets people go for too long without interacting with the alerts so there's going to be as you mentioned um they're going to turn off auto steer and not let you re-enable it if you ignore three alerts within an hour you'll have to park and then re-enable it um where today they said sometimes we'll, some people will dismiss it up to 10 10 warnings in an hour because <laughs> they'll just ignore it that was and, what the when I was doing the test drive, the co-pilot was encouraging me to just ignore it. That oh, you just need to put a little weight on the wheel. I think he said. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. You just sort of touch it a little bit. So apparently, the expert drivers obviously are are more used to what the system can do, and um, typically will dismiss it more than brand new users, um, which doesn't bode well because eventually new users become. Uh, competent existing users. So uh, the goal here is that if you're using the system as designed, it wouldn't um, impact you. But if you are ignoring the warnings and being a bit too cavalier, the system will now have more strict um, sort of shutdown procedures. And and also that if you one of the challenge one of the one of the crashes was a guy who sort of um, had autopilot on and then auto steer disabled because he wasn't following the warnings. And then he thought auto steer was still on and he claims he went off the road because of that. So now if that happens, uh, it will actually know that you had auto steer disable automatically and may still auto steer back from an emergency. And the cars will now uh, try and prevent you from going off the lane or out of, off a cliff or something. Um, so they're actually going to notice uh, that you may be too close to an edge and pull you back in. So there's a lot more features we'll probably cover in future episodes of all the sort of new improvements that are going to be in the software. But the key headline here, obviously, is that radar has been upgraded, um, that they've done really incredible things with the radar uh, sensing to 
apply software. And then also because all the Teslas are connected to Tesla's home fleet, they're noticing uh, what's happening and noticing the radar signatures of the roadways and geotagging those and time coding them. And that when they get quorum, uh, that will then increase the confidence of the vehicle that it's safe and uh, will now be able to on those roadways where they kind of have a very high confidence of what should be there, if they see an anomalous radar signature, uh, that it would be more likely to break uh, and and prevent an accident. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting that they seem to be taking it into sort of four dimensional space too, where the radar is giving them a three D point cloud, but then they're also getting like that ten hertz sort of uh, update, and they're mm-hmm. learning like what a signal looks like over time. So it's more of a, I guess. 4D uh, object. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And from different angles, right? Because it won't just be the one pass that might notice it. It would be people approaching a sign from many, many different angles and slightly off angle. And you can imagine, you know, how good that point cloud would be for an object that's being being read 50 times at 50 different slightly different angles and also that your rate of speed and those angle like those that that refresh rate that 10 hertz refresh rate will uh de facto be hitting at different points because of you know your own refresh rate at your own rate of speed will cause a really really high resolution understanding of where those objects are and uh sterling anderson the guy who runs the autopilot program was tweeting afterwards as well that you know they're getting 150 to 300 miles a day of autopilot data so very quickly they're going to have a lot of lot of data on where all these things are and uh at least around i mean much of the chagrin of many drivers the um infrastructure and the uh roadways here don't change that much um uh relative to how much we need more highways and expansion and so there's plenty of roadsides that have been there for decades um and when they do change, that will be noticed. Um, but I would expect that uh, for many of the major highways, they will very quickly be uh, be mapped, and uh, you know, major accidents will be averted because of it. So I think it's really, really exciting and uh, pretty cool technology. And I think certainly uh, makes radar a very old technology from the mid 1800s sort of cool again. So <laughs> that's kind of neat. I don't know. It's interesting that radar is is only on the roads now in that it's used to uh, by the police to to chart your speed, too. So it'll be interesting to see how that interacts as well. Yep. The, apparently, Tesla has put in a unique signature into their radar so they can distinguish their own radar from other spurious radar. Um, so they won't be setting off radar detectors as you drive no. down the uh, highway in your Tesla? It should not be. All right. Awesome. Well, with that, uh, I think we can wrap up this episode um, and uh, we'll be back in a week or so with um, more Tesla news and updates. But in the meantime, where can people share their thoughts and their impressions of the latest Tesla news with us? Yeah, if you're uh, if you're interested in uh, sharing your thoughts, please, you can hit us up at our subreddit at r slash the Tesla show or on Twitter, if you would like to compose a tweet, mm-hmm. uh, you can hit us up at the Tesla Show, and we also post all of our episodes to theteslashow.com. That's true. I'm not sure why I went into a really sort of weird cadence right there, but uh, anyways, those are the details. All right, cool. <laughs> all right, talk to you later, Mike. All right, Chi Goodbye.